0: Marriage? Who has the time? Besides, I must be in love. Wait, all my sisters are getting married? We watch Pride and Prejudice. We are the film fellas. We watch random movies that you love, hate, or have never heard of, and then we talk about them. I'm Greg, and when I've had a long, hard day at work, I reach for a nice, cold, beer brand beer. Beer brand beer. You don't have to pay for rights.
1: I'm Nick. That was the sound of me opening a fan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Caleb, and I have a little confession. There was this one time where Greg and I were in the theater watching Toy Story 4, and I don't want to give anything away, but towards the end of the movie, it gets sad like Toy Story usually does. And I was trying to be brave and not trying to cry, but I was definitely bawling and hiding myself from Greg. And I don't think he saw me, but I have to confess it right now. Greg, I was definitely crying. I forgive you. Thank you. Should have been vulnerable in front of you.
3: I'm Robbie, and I have been obsessively playing Lobotomy Corporation, which is a cool new horror game, and I really like it. Let's get into it.
0: everyone, like I said, we are the Film Fellas. This
2: week we watched Pride and Prejudice. This was Caleb's pick. Caleb, tell us a little bit about this movie. Well, this movie came out in 2005. It's directed by Joe Wright and written by Deborah Mogach. Mogach? I should have looked that up. And it's based off of, of course, the novel by Jane Austen. stars Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden in our principal roles of Lizzie and Mr. Darcy. And there was also a version that was sort of like a mini series that was featured on the BBC. And that was my main exposure to Pride and Prejudice at the start. But let's get into our one sentence summary, shall we? Yeah, Caleb, please pick the order. Let's see. I'll go because I don't want mine to be stolen. And then we'll go Robbie, Nick and Greg. My one sentence summary is... You might think that this is a love story between Lizzie and Mr. Darcy, but it's not. It's really between Mr. Collins and those potatoes, the most exemplary vegetable. Mwah! Chef's kiss. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mrs. Beckett, Miss Beckett, Miss Beckett, Miss Beckett, Miss Beckett, and Miss Beckett all try to find love and joy in the countryside of the late 18th century England. I love where your heart is at, but also it, it, but it's Miss Bennett. <laughs> <clears throat> Pride and Prejudice. Mrs. Bennett, Miss Bennett, Miss Bennett, Miss Bennett, Miss Bennett, Bennett, and Miss Bennett find (laughs) love and happiness in the late 18th century English countryside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. My one sentence summary is, guy gets a girl to fall in love with him from staring constantly. So anyone out there, if you want to get someone to fall in love with you, stare at them.
2: Well, eye contact doesn't
1: hurt.
3: We do not endorse this. (laughs) (laughs) Stare directly at them and don't blink. Not a great idea. (laughs) Eye contact. Always eye contact. It's important. Maybe
2: slow down on the eye contact.
0: My one sentence summary is, Mr. Darcy, you are the worst person I have ever met and I would never marry you. That being said, I love you. Let's get married. (laughs) (laughs) Solid. Very apt. (laughs) All right, now we're going to get into our synopsis where we're going to go one by one and explain what happened in this movie. We're going to jump around and we're going to have a lot of fun. Let's see how it goes.
2: Spoilers ahead, people. Consider this your spoiler warning. This movie is uh, 15 years old as of recording this episode. If you don't want it spoiled for you or if you haven't read the book or anything like that, you don't know anything, the spoiler synopsis timestamps will be in the description of whatever podcasting tool you are listening to. Our story opens in the late 18th century England, where the Bennets are busy about their business. There's Elizabeth Bennet, Mary Jane, Lydia, Kitty, and then Mr. and Mrs. Bennet, who just go by Mr. and Mrs. Bennet. And they have been invited. Let's call them who they are. Blonde girl, the girl with the depth, the mute one, (laughs) and the giggle twins. Well, the mute one is also, like, uh, shreds at the piano, so... Let's call her flighty. Liberace. Yeah, oh. Liberace. <laughs> Let's go for Liberashi of her time. Anyway, Liberace. so the Bennets have been invited to this ball where the intrepid and very handsome, very wealthy Mr. Bingley will be there. And Mrs. Bennet, the potster that she is, hopes to get her oldest daughter, Jane, played by Rosemond Pike, to perhaps marry this fine, rich suitor. They meet at the party and... Mr. Bingley has brought a friend with him, Mr. Darcy, their closest friends. And this is when Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet meet for the first time, and they clash with words because he's just a big grump. He's He's a grouch and a half, let me tell you, fellas.
3: So, Mr. Darcy does not play socialite well, so he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. And uh, he actually kind of insults her. So, Elizabeth hears this, gets all upset, and is like, fine, I don't want to have anything to do with you anyway. But Mr. Bingley and Jane do hit it off. And so, they go back to the house, and she's like, well, I don't want to talk to Mr. Darcy again, because he was kind of cold. But, hey, it really looks like Mr. Bingley likes you. And... Uh, jane's very happy about it so we go on to the next day and she's waiting to see if you know he answers her or calls for her and he gets a letter asking her to go to dinner And so the mom is like oh you're gonna go on horseback and everyone's like well why don't you just get her a carriage It's like no no trust me so she gets there and all of a sudden there's this horrible storm rain everywhere and everyone's cold and shivering and, and uh she's like hot now she has to stay there overnight because she's she'll get sick and because she's sick she'll have to stay there and that's how we're going to make sure mm-hmm. they get together And so uh, she's playing very heavy matchmaker there.
2: A true 200 IQ move. Yes. I guess the smartest thing you could have done if that was your goal. (laughs) Fellas.
0: So we find out that she has to stay there because she is sick. And Elizabeth is like, oh, shit, I got to go check on my sister. But I'm going to walk because we're the poors and we only have the one carriage and I can't take that. So she walks over there and she goes to the estate where there's Mr. Bingley, Mr. Bingley's sister and Mr. Darcy. And she goes to check-ins on the sister and is like, how are you doing? And it's like, oh, I feel like such a burden. And Mr. Bingley comes in and goes, no, it's been an absolute joy. Well, I mean, not that you're sick, but, you know, because you're here and... um. Yeah. <laughs> Silver tongue. Generally. So Elizabeth stays there and eventually her whole family comes because they're a bunch of busy bodies. And they're like, oh, we just came to check on our sister. Wink, wink, wink. And some chatting ensues. There is some verbal sword play between Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy, which is because Elizabeth has some great wit. And then fellas, They end up leaving. Uh, yeah, they just leave. And Elizabeth
1: feels Mr. Darcy's hands. Ooh. Those are some manly hands. And it's the beginning of (laughs) the interest. And then it cuts to them all downtown. And they're going to go buy ribbons because the army just got back. Some of the smaller sisters, the Giggle Twins, sort of married. She's the quiet one, but not really. She's sort of there to be the quiet one. And they go by ribbons and they meet a nice gentleman who is in the military. Mr. Wickham. his name was... Mr. Wickham. Yeah,
2: there. <laughs> Mr. Wickham.
0: Uh,
1: it's spelled Wickham and I like it. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Wickham. And they buy ribbons together and they're going around town. Elizabeth and Mr. Wickham are having a nice little little bit of chemistry. He's like, ooh, is this going to be Love Triangle? And they go by a river and across the river is Mr. Darcy and his friend, Mr. Bingley. His name is funny. And all of a sudden, Mr. Darcy turns around and goes, yeet, because he doesn't like Mr. Wickham. And there's a little bit of conflict there. Ooh, is this going to be a love triangle? Dun, 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 dun. And then they
3: go
2: to a ball, fellas. So just before they go to the ball, Elizabeth asks Mr. Wickham why Mr. Darcy is so curt, so cold towards Mr. Wickham. And Mr. Wickham tells Elizabeth that, well, they've been friends since early childhood, that they both lived in the same house, Mr. Wickham and Mr. Darcy. And when it came time for. Mr. Darcy to pass on his inheritance, he gave the rectory to Mr. Wickham, but Mr. Darcy supposedly revoked that because he's jealous of his father's affection for Mr. Wickham. And so Elizabeth is sort of ingrained in her negative thoughts about Mr. Darcy, and she goes to the ball and finds that Mr. Wickham, who has been invited, is not there. However, the estate owner, Mr. Collins, is. And... uh, wishes to be quite nearby Elizabeth the entire time and keeps asking her for all the dances except for one, which was taken by Mr. Darcy, to which Elizabeth agrees to dance, supposedly for a reprieve from the insufferable Mr. Collins, who has been dining at the Bennetts' estate for the past few weeks or so. Time is sort of very fleeting in this film. So after Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth dance, and they sort of do like a some more verbal sparring, like, aren't you going to say something about the size of the room or the number of couples and whatnot, Mr. Collins goes to introduce himself to Mr. Darcy because Mr. Collins' is estate owner, Madam... Judy Dent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Lady Catherine de Bourgh, because Mr. Collins' estate owner or sort of just in charge of person, Lady Catherine de Bourgh is very closely acquainted with Mr. Darcy under sort of unknown circumstances. And so he introduces himself at the ball. And that's just about all that happens at the ball, fellas.
3: So after the ball, they go back to their house and they're eating. And Mr. Collins is in there with her and is like, I would like some time alone with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth's like, oh, no. Because when you ask to be alone with somebody at this time with the suitor, usually it means that you're going to try and propose marriage. And obviously she wants nothing to do with Mr. Collins. And so she's like, oh, God, everybody just stay in here with me. And everyone's starting to book it. And she looks at her dad's like, please, please stay. And he looks for a second and he turns away and leaves. And then Mr. Collins is like, so I know that uh, I'm only obsessed with money and stuff, but this is only proper. So you and I should totally get married. And she's like, no. And she runs out of there and Mr. Collins is like, wait, what? And so he's all confused. The mother's freaking out because she's like, you've got to marry him because if you don't marry him, we're going to be destitute. Like the house is in his name. And so she's like, but I don't want to, cause I don't love him. And the dad comes out there and the mom's like, make her love him. And he's like, you know what? It's your choice. And she's like, Oh, thank God. I don't want to be anywhere near him. I don't want to be with him. And so, She's like, okay, I guess I've got to figure out what we're going to do because our entire family is now possibly destitute. And then her friend Charlotte comes up and is like, hey, so I'm going to marry Mr. Collins. And she's like, wait, but you don't love him. She's like, that doesn't matter. Like, you've got to get over your romantic notions because he's going to give me safety and security. And, you know, you guys aren't going to be forced to move. Can't all afford to be in love. Exactly. I hear that, sister. She's like, hey, you got to get your head out of the clouds. And so Elizabeth's all kind of upset because she's like, you know, I'm stuck here, and everyone's leaving me, and Jane has somebody, and Mr. Wickham, who I was kind of flirting with, is up in the north, and I have no one here. And,
0: fellas. So Elizabeth gets a letter inviting her to the newly married couple of Charlotte and Mr. Collins' new place. So she goes, and they visit, and they have a good time, and they see Mr. Darcy ride right by, and she's like, Mr. Darcy, what is he doing around here? And Mr. Collins comes in and goes, hey, I gotta go see my patroness, Lady Catherine. And they're like, oh, sweet. Let's go do that. But well, we're going to walk because we're the poors. So they walk <laughs> up to this giant, giant estate. And Mr. Collins is telling them all about how great Lady Catherine is because she's rich. And they go inside this opulent palace. And in there is Dame Judy Dench. And she's a delight. And she's like, this is my daughter. And she's like, "Hmm." and Dame Judy Dench is doing all this uh power move stuff like, oh, dear, do you play the piano forte? And she's like, oh, a little bit, but pretty badly. It's like, well, do it anyways, because I'm the patroness. <laughs> I'm paying all the bills. And she's like, all right, I'll do it. And then they're at dinner later and they're like, oh, Mr. Mr. Collins, you can't sit next to your wife. And he makes them switch with Mr. Darcy, And I thought that was a whole like matchmaking scheme. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Nah. And yeah, they spend some time with Lady Catherine, fellas. The next day they go to church because Mr. Collins is a
1: pastor and he's boring and he's really mucking <laughs> up <out> the scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> and while they are doing the church... Elizabeth is say next to one of Mr. Darcy's friends, Mr. Williams. And Mr. Williams is all like, oh, Mr. Darcy, all our old stories. And then he brings up how he saved, Mr. Darcy saved his friends, Mr. Bingley. From... Can you give his dialogue and then voice again? That was spectacular. Oh, uh, Yes. <clears throat> And he's given all the old stories from back in the day, and he talks about how Mister Darcy saved his friend Mister Bingley from a
0: <laughs> horrible <laughs>
1: engagement. <Whoa.
0: laughs>
1: but it turns out that um he looked really down on Elizabeth's family, the Bennets, and it's like ooh, Elizabeth's not happy. She runs out of the church. It starts raining again for dramatic effect. She's drenched. She goes to some weird little. Gazebo. Gazebo. It's like there's such a small area to actually stand in, and it's like this giant concrete thing. Mausoleum or something. Yeah, you know the Thomas
2: Jefferson Memorial. It's like that, but without Thomas Jefferson. Hmm.
1: Yes, but more old guys.
2: Yeah, that was a joke. Older than them are there. Anyway,
1: <laughs> Mister dossie comes in and he confesses his love, but oh, Elizabeth ain't having that shit. She's like, hell no, hell no. Look what you did to my sister. What about Mister? Soldier Boy, I, names are hard and Wickham. names are hard. Wickham. Wickman. Wickham. Wickham. It's a Wickham. And he goes, oh, shit. Uh, my bad. But <laughs> it, it, it's unresolved and he, he confesses love, which is really hard for him because he's like a weirdly socially awkward guy. <laughs> Shout out to me, anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's a little bit of a,
1: a, bit of a cry fest. and then it goes to um Elizabeth in her room, staring straight at a mirror. But it's actually us, like looking at the camera. It's a coolest shot, but also the lighting's really weird. Mister Mister Darcy comes in behind and doesn't doesn't. He's like, I'm not gonna requite my love again. But here's a note. I'm gonna leave it here, and, and I'm gonna be off. And then apparently she like totally zoned out and then turned around thinking he'd be there, but he Batman's the hell out of there. But there's a note. She reads the note. Apparently Wickham ruined Darcy's thing, and it wasn't Darcy who
2: fucked it up. And fellows, yeah. So it turns out that Mr. Wickham is actually pretty nefarious, and he took all of Mr. Darcy's father's inheritance and fitted it away, betted away on on horse races and all that all that nonsense. And Mr. Wickham was sweet on Georgiana, Mr. Darcy's sister, but when Wickham found out that he wasn't going to get any more money after he bet it all away, then he just left and left Georgiana in in the wake, heartbroken. So now Elizabeth is a little so-so on her feelings about Mr. Darcy, but that is when she returns home to find that Jane has returned from London after trying to seek out Mr. Bingley. And Jane is also not feeling so good since Mr. Bingley and her got all broken up because Mr. Darcy suggested that perhaps Jane wasn't so smitten with Mr. Bingley as Mr. Bingley was for Jane. But the thing is, Jane is just sort of doesn't really wear her heart on her sleeve and she's very shy and reserved. And so that's sort of an oopsie but we don't have to have too much time to worry about that because later when Elizabeth is out vacationing with her aunt and uncle who are visiting from London, they go to the Darcy estates just to visit and, and look and cause it's a great big house. And, and Elizabeth sort of spies in on Mr. Darcy and Georgiana and they spot her back. And so she runs out of there as fast as she can. And Mr. Darcy is like, wait, Hey, and they have a sort of, an awkward, meet cute, and but we don't have too much time to focus on that either because we get a letter from one of the younger sisters, Lydia, who has run away with Mr. Wickham under giggle very twin number one. Yeah, giggle twin number one, Lydia, who has run away with Mr. Wickham under very scandalous circumstances. And so everyone's aghast, and it's going to be such a detriment to the family name. But fortunately, supposedly, the Bennett's uncle has helped them cover up the the whole scandalous eloping thing and has paid for their wedding and the dowry. But also, Lydia sort of lets it slip that it was actually Mr. Darcy that helped them cover up the whole thing and save the family name. (gasps) And now Elizabeth is so, so in love with this Mr. Darcy boy. I mean, he's just such a help,
3: fellas. So, Mr. Darcy comes in and talks to Elizabeth. Now that Elizabeth is like, hey, so... I know you did this good thing and you're actually not as horrible a person as I thought you were. And they talk to each other and it's like, no, hey, he's a nice guy and I do kind of like him. But that night, Lady Catherine comes in and is like, starts slamming them about the house and how they're filthy and how they're poor, tells everybody to get out so she can talk to Lizzie alone. And is like, did you, you know, get your feminine wiles all up on my nephew and have my nephew propose to you? And she's like, uh, no. And she's like, because he's proposing to my daughter and this is how it's going to be because it's been this way for years and we're rich and you're poor and it doesn't matter. And she's like, uh, well, I have no clue what you're going on about, but sure. And so now she's heartbroken because she thinks, you know, I'm just too low born for Mr. Darcy to love and he already has all this stuff and I'm just going to walk along the moors and put my hand to my head and hope. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Darcy comes striding. Along on the on the hills and comes up to her yeah. and she's like what do you want and he's like okay i'll go away and i'll never bother you again if you tell me to but i love you i really love you and she accepts and they are engaged and then he goes to talk to her father and her father's like i thought you didn't like him and she's like no i really like him and he's like okay cool you guys get together and uh, they're suited to wed and that is the end huzzah Oot. the end and jane also got married yeah Bingham
0: oh yeah! Sack. <laughs> <laughs> Bingham comes in much. and he's like, hey, what up? And the whole family is like, hey. And he's like, uh, bye. <laughs> and then he goes, and Darcy's like, yo, dog, what happened? And he's like, man, you know, I messed it up. And he's like, well, you know, just go in there and be yourself. And he's like, you're right, I will. And he goes back in there and he's like, well, everyone, please leave. And they're like, and <gasps> oh, poses, and they get married. And everyone gets married. And,
3: and except then for Katie and,
0: uh... becomes Mrs. Darcy.
3: Oh, it's true. Mrs. Darcy. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Darcy, Mrs. Darcy, Mrs. Darcy, Mrs. Darcy.
1: No, only one with Mrs. Darcy. It's not how that works, Robbie. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 you all anyway, know that's the my end. name. Let me just tell you, when um, Mr. Darcy was walking in the fog, shirt mm-hmm. down, people saw
2: us in a the movie theater and needed a mop
3: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 a, a
2: cold glass of water to calm that one down. That is a good shot right there. Let me tell you. So, fellas, I chose this movie primarily because we haven't really done a romance yet or a rom-com. I wouldn't risk necessarily call this one a rom-com. I would more call it a romantic drama. But you know, what were some and first impression that? Yeah. Well, what In would you call it? Right. Of the world.
0: that's a a war drama primarily i'd say having watched it i see why we would call it a romantic movie but doing a little bit of research for this podcast i saw that i guess the book has a lot more minutiae and it's a lot more satirical
3: Mm -hmm. yeah of
0: the genre so it's like romance but not really like Melodrama romance, no, where it's no. all sweeping and proclamations and everything. Yeah, um, at,
1: at not the time,
3: Mr. Collins. At the time this was written, the two big books that all ladies were supposed to be reading were like the proper etiquette and how, if you really hope to, you know, if you do everything correctly and curtsy right, you can land a man. That's all you need. And Jane was like a comedian in her time. She wrote a lot of comedic sketches. Yeah, the whole book. Is like like uh, Jane Austen?
2: Yeah, Jane Austen. Okay. No, the character Jane. Just making sure that uh, oh. you weren't talking about Jane Bennett, who was a comedian. Like, that would be wild. <laughs> that came
0: out of nowhere. Like, no, Elizabeth was the comedian. I have in my note, Elizabeth got jokes. <laughs> she oh,
1: do yes. got jokes. She should be a roasting comedian. She had the she burns got that wit. locked and loaded.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Like Pride and Prejudice, the novel is fairly dry, but I really like it. It is pretty sharply witted in a lot of places. So I would definitely say it, it is kind of a rom-com. I would lean more rom-com than just traditional romance. Rom-com is like a
0: time. Drama, yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would say the movie is a lot more kind of romantic than yeah. the, what I understand the book is. Technically
1: in Shakespeare, this would be a comedy. Oh,
2: well, yeah. If they, if get, if you're, you're, if they get married no at has, the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you only have two choices, then, then yeah, it goes into comedy. I just happy face to or sad some, face? Uh, yeah, it's a happy face, sad face. I'd say happy face. I just wanted to get some uh, first impressions. And also, it sounds like some of y'all have a little bit more experience with Pride and Prejudice than I. Uh, as I said previously, Robbie. the BBC miniseries is sort of my biggest introduction to Pride and Prejudice. That was uh, the laundry folder for my mom. And it seemed like it just took two days because it came on six VHS tapes or something like that. (laughs) And so it's like, yikes. Now we put number three in and it's taking forever. So that was sort of my first introduction. But uh, what was your first impression of this one? Let's start with uh, Nick, I suppose. Oh, me? Yeah.
1: I went into this not knowing what it was about. I remember hearing that Pride and Prejudice was just like, it's definitely, it was definitely wrong. But I thought it was supposed to be like joking about the rich people. Like, just a total comedy. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's a romance. I'm like, ooh, look at it. Oh, the dr- the drama? Mr. Collins, what the? F- what are you doing? You're- oh, oh, w- wait, is this a love triangle? I, I really liked it. It was so much suspense between the characters and um, that last shot of Mr. Darcy. Like, I, I'm straight, but, like, I was like, am I being awakened here? Whoa. <laughs>
0: this movie better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> uh, greg what about you what's your what was your first impression my first impression was like i said elizabeth got jokes first thing i wrote down mr darcy is a jerk <laughs> right because <What a> <laughs> he's just yeah he's just a real grumpus and i see why elizabeth is like oh, i don't need this guy but then it, it goes on and my initial thought is a like, oh, good movie keira knightley really killed it clearly enjoyed this part And doing more research, like I said, I am kind of interested in maybe reading the book because it seems like there's a lot more minutiae and stuff that I didn't really come across within the first viewing. I also kind of want to watch it again now that I have a different perspective to watch it from. So yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a movie that's all in, in the words and the sparring. You could definitely break it down scene by scene. Who wins what spar and how? Robbie, what about you? You seem to be the most fluent in Jane Austen of all of us. I was who um, is surprised.
3: I, yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, um, it was part of my class that we had to read it, but I'd already started reading um, some of Jane Austen's other works, like Sense and Sensibility. And I like her writing because it's satirical, but it's also really dramatic. Like, it's not just straight comedy. She spends a lot of time developing these characters and one of the things that I was looking forward to with the film is seeing the imagery on camera. Whereas on, in the book, it was very well, you know, very nicely described. Everything was lavishingly detailed. And so I was eager to see what the movie would develop it because I actually haven't watched the miniseries or any film of Pride and Prejudice. I've only read the book. So I liked it. I thought it was a fairly faithful adaptation. The pacing, I think, was quite good. And uh, I was in love with cinematography. I thought that it, like, the ballroom shots were amazing. Just how you had the subtext and using the camera as a storyteller did a great job of just making things feel kinetic. And we'll go into that when we start touching on those scenes. But
2: yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, well, we can do that now. I I did want to transition into what was your favorite part? And mine was definitely the ballroom scenes, but Robbie, you can go on and... Talk about what was your favorite part.
3: Yeah, the ballroom scenes definitely, I agree, were great. And the, the big thing was it gave you this sense of grand scale because the camera just kept panning around, going through these different rooms and back again, focusing on different characters in the background, in the foreground. So you had a lot of movement in the background, about people uh, that aren't exactly what you're drawing your attention, but it makes it feel as if the room's alive. It doesn't seem like it's static, which I really liked. The dancing sequences were great, especially when it was compared between the dance with Mr. Darcy, where it's like tit for tat, a little, they're sword fighting with their words, and it's very nicely choreographed. And then compare that with Mr. Collins, who all but steps all over her feet and just makes everything kind of awkward and embarrassing but the shots are basically the same in how it's filmed it's just you can mm-hmm. tell how mm-hmm. bad it is mm-hmm. it isn't i was gonna
0: say the one with mr darcy is all done in like one take and they're verbally sparring around each other they're dancing they're moving the camera's oh, flowing right. yeah. with them and she's like oh here's this witty piece of dialogue and he's like mm. and he's like well you're supposed to respond like this and it's just kind of moving back and forth whereas one yeah. of Mr Collins is very choppy it's cut more it's Clearly they're oh, not
3: that's what connected. I meant. That's what I meant. Is it, it? You can see the difference in how it makes you feel because one feels like a dance and the other feels like. I don't know, your junior prom, basically. It's really awkward and cut together and it highlights the differences between them. But also I liked how when they're doing that verbal sparring at the end of the Darcy scene, they're alone. As the camera's panning with them, people start to peter out in their their vision of each other. And it's just those two dancing. And then all of a sudden the camera cuts again and they're all in a line with their people. And then they all bow. Whereas in when they were dancing, they all faded out because it didn't matter anymore because it was all about those two getting lost in each other. So I thought that was a really cool shot. Yeah, I gotta say that was
2: also my favorite part for all the reasons you said. And just as an aside, I think it's pretty interesting how what I think to be the most interesting part of the movie is most of the characters with the exception of Mary. All the characters, most interesting part of probably the year because, you know, everyone's just sitting, all the, the rich folk are just sitting around so bored waiting to get married, waiting for the radio to be invented. And so they're just waiting for someone to throw a ball and then finally someone throws a ball and all of a sudden things get exciting. So... I thought it was very fitting that the balls are the most exciting part of the movie. You maybe, also just kind of
0: suggest a ball and make it happen. Yeah. You know, Mr. Bingley, you should throw a ball. Oh, should yes, throw ball. away a couple of balls. A ball.
2: For mm-hmm. And then two scenes seen- later, like, we're at the ball.
3: <laughs> I really like the scene where all the Bennett girls are sitting around. They're not really doing anything. They're just bored. And one of them's humming green sleeves and they're just chilling out. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Mr. Bingley's coming. And they're like, oh my God, we've got to look like we're actually doing something. Quick, grab mm-hmm. a book, quick. You go sit there, stand there. It was clean sick? up, grab the ribbons, oh my god! <laughs> and they're all,
0: yeah, that tableau when they walk in, like, oh, Yeah, oh. they all look perfect, like, all poised. It's, it's like, great. what? Oh, hello. It's
2: like the teacher leaves the classroom during the test. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if, like, they had curtains that they used back then. What a different life it would have been. If they couldn't see him coming, and Mr. Bingley just sort of walked on them unannounced. Or, of you know, their servants was like, hey, I mean, they, d- this guy's coming. I mean, if they use the curtains, that is to say.
1: Hmm. No, but it was a servant, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But like the servant didn't be like, excuse me, Mrs. Bennett, there's a Mr. Bingley here to see you. She just sort of lets them in. And then Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy. And then they're sort of in. Well, you can't uh,
1: not
3: let. I them thought in. one of let let the servants was
2: like, hey, they're coming. And they're like, oh, shit. Uh, maybe well, I'm
3: maybe I'm remembering it wrong generally that's why you would have like the butler open the door because you wouldn't want to be caught and composed when someone came through you'd want them to come up there like if they didn't come and mr bingley just walked into that room it would have been like scandal after scandal like that he scene when the whole fired. family
0: comes to mr bingley's house it's like mrs bennett ms bennett ms bennett ms bennett and ms bennett <laughs> yep what about you nick what was your favorite part for me, besides
1: Mister Darcy's amazing walk, because mm-hmm. come on, it'd yes. be when Elizabeth is visiting Mister Collins and Charlotte's house, and then Mister Darcy shows up, but then he goes into the study, and it's just Elizabeth, and he, he's trying to say something for like a minute and a half, and he can't say it, so he keeps fiddling with his gloves and like staring at her weirdly, but like Elizabeth's like trying to amuse him, like "What's up? What to do, do? Trying to say something? Huh? What's going Would on?" Should like some tea, and he just goes nope okay have a good day and sprints out like super fast and it's like oh look at that socially awkward boy <laughs> and also so also one more i i, I like a lot of these scenes go for it when collins is proposing and then all the is getting up to leave and then the last person is mr bennett and just the sheer dread and like please don't leave that elizabeth has on her face and he just looks at her and it's like this look of I'm so sorry, and he mm-hmm. like slowly walks out, looking at her, just like, oh, I know, oh, I'm sorry, I, I have to. Don't and then right
0: me. before that, when the mom is like, Mister Bennett, you need to leave too, and he's like, man. <laughs> but I got my newspaper. It's breakfast. Really?
2: <laughs> it's my table. <laughs>
3: Fine. That Actually, has to be one of my favorite lines, though, is what the dad says. The mom's like, tell her that, you know, I'll never speak to her again. And he's like, all right, honey, you've got to make a decision. No matter what you choose, one of your parents is never going to speak to you again. If you don't marry him, your mother will never speak to you. If you do marry him, I won't speak to you. And she's like, oh, daddy. It's a mm. great scene. Asla, very that. nice. Mm-hmm. It's a
2: good one. Really makes you like Mr. Bennett.
3: Yeah, my favorite part, I
0: think, is the cast. Every time somebody new cast. came on, I was like, "This is exciting! Look at that!" There's little Jenna Malone and Carrie Mulligan back when they were young. You got Donald Sutherland playing Mr. Bennett. Obviously, you got Keira Knightley and Rosamund Pike as the sisters. That Dame was Dame
2: Dench! Exclamation <laughs> point! That's my favorite part of the cast because I didn't know it was Dame Judy Dench, but like when. Elizabeth is walking through to meet Lady Catherine de Bourgh. I was like, oh, wait, we've been talking about this person for a while. I hope it's like Dame Judi Dench or someone like that. (laughs) And it was. It was like, oh, this better be like Helen Mirren or something. When she comes in at the night at the
0: end and she's like, oh, you can't marry Mr. Darcy. I was like, man, I know you're supposed to be the bad guy, but you are just, you're so good, Dame Judi Dench. I can't Mm -hmm. even be mad at you.
1: And it's just the extreme close up on her face. It's just like, I'm believing every word you say. I am trash. I'm garbage. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I appreciate it.
3: (laughs) So Greg, since this is the first time you've experienced Pride and Prejudice, right? Book or movie? I have never,
0: yeah, I only knew it through pop culture. I knew the name Mr. Darcy. I was aware it was a romance. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is a thing.
2: (laughs) It is. (laughs) Oh I know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So there's something you should do on a rewatch is watch this scene with Dame Judi Dench again. The first, the intro, when she first meets Lady Catherine. And think of everything she's doing in line of, I do not want my nephew to get with this poor girl. I want her to get with my daughter. And everything that she does that kind of puts her on the spot is intentional because she's trying to show off how bad Elizabeth is compared to her perfect poised daughter. That was that whole
0: scene. Like I said, I thought that it was more about her pushing Mr. Darcy towards Elizabeth at first, especially in that dinner scene where he's like, Mr. Collins, you can't sit next to your wife. You need to sit across the table, trade places with Mr. Darcy. Little did I think that he was sitting next to Lady Catherine's daughter, also because he only interacts with Elizabeth. But I was like, oh, look at you, crafty Lady Catherine, doing some matchmaking here.
1: I think how it just totally backfired. Like when Mr. Darcy is talking to his sister about her piano playing, he like hyped it up. And it was like, oh, so I was that good, huh? And he goes, oh, I said it was just fine. He's like, oh, little girl, great. But,
2: uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, is it, Mr. Darcy?
1: Yeah. Let me tell you the only problem I have with Dame, Dame, dang darn it, Dame Judy Dench. Whoever <laughs> wrote your dialogue needs to take an English class. Gosh dang it. She keeps saying negatives. And you know what? She's like, So you didn't get proposed to by my nephew? And Elizabeth says, No. That means she did get proposed to, but she just verbal sparring. They take it wrong. It's a negative and a negative equals a positive. Hmm. And then she does it again. She goes, and you promise to never, never accept a proposal if he does do a proposal. And she goes, no, never. Which means, yes, of course I will. But no one, it's like English, man. You say a no, and then she says, no, that should be a positive. Gosh dang it. And also, I almost didn't watch this movie because the First scene is Elizabeth reading and walking and she closes her book and she has a bookmark but she didn't move the bookmark to the page <laughs> she was on she left it two pages behind <laughs> What the hell are you doing <laughs> I was like I don't I just don't want to watch this movie cuz the first thing that happened was she didn't move a damn bookmark and I was like ah Nick,
2: she she was was just weird very things confident. in movies Yeah two things about that Number 1 perhaps she did the thing where you she did not dog ear out. No no. She did the thing where you zone out for a bit and you don't remember what you read, so she's like, oh, I'll just go back to this place. So that's possible. No, uh, it, was second, it was ahead, Second,
1: It was a head. It was farther in the book. It was like two pages before. And okay.
2: Did... And a little a little asterisk above my first thing, then it's likely that Lizzie has already read that book, given the way... She the got way... John Bell vibes. Mm-hmm. But the second thing about the two negatives... Wouldn't that make the dialogue even more brilliant because technically because there's two negatives making a positive and Lizzie ends up marrying Mr. Darcy anyway, that she sort of did say what she was going to do?
1: No, because it's a common thing in English when people talk is we say like, so you don't want to go to the store? And they go, no. And then we take it and we accept it. It's just it bothers me so much that when someone says, no, you don't want to, you're supposed to say yes. Because I don't want to do that, but everyone just yeah, takes. Yeah, but that's more of a modern,
0: of a modern turn of phrase, you know.
1: Then why is it in this
0: period piece? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: because they were using it as the verbal
2: sparring.
3: I actually it's think it was intentional. I think it was intentional so that she could do it in the very next scene and accept the proposal. Yeah, I,
2: I don't think that a movie that has to be pretty much carried on the dialogue. Would drop the ball right at one of the more important. I assume that movies. was taken from the book. Yeah. Also, probably be from the book. Also, their teeth are too so damn. There you go. Jane Austen is a hack. Yeah. We're <laughs> coming for you, Miss Austen. I- I'm just saying.
1: One more thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Their teeth are too straight for this period. Yeah. I'm true. just saying the two sisters were smiling under the bed after they first met the people at the dance, Mister Bing mm-hmm. Their teeth are in perfect alignment, and I'm like, no. That, nope. Nope. No, it would not be that way. Small things bug me. A thing I liked about this movie, though, <laughs> is the dang uh-huh. shots. Miss, Mr. Dossie's amazing abode. It looks like a damn museum. And the first shot you see is a overhead shot on this amazing checkerboard floor, all marble, all makes me feel like I'm poor as hell. And then Elizabeth is walking on it, and then she looks up, and then it's just... But like the Sistine Chapel on the ceiling. And just how much money does Mr. Darcy have? Like they talked earlier that he makes 10,000 pounds a month. A no. year. A year. No. He makes so much more than 10,000. He makes so much more.
2: <laughs> I, I think the estate and the income are two very different things. Because well, the Bennets still can afford this fairly large estate. Despite them being not so well to do as is the crux of the story
3: well at the time too like to put her in perspective because i was looking at her biography again and whose biography a uh, jane austen okay so she was living on a modest income with her family so they weren't they weren't rich by any means they were fairly poor but they still lived more than a living wage so her dad made 200 pounds a year mm. in the rectory and he was a clergyman basically right at the same time, like a blacksmith, for example, would earn about a hundred pounds a year working. That was a working wage for a blacksmith. The gentry, your rich folk generally made one, two thousand dollars a year. So the fact that Mr. Bingley made five thousand dollars or five thousand pounds a year was big. Like that's about five times the amount you need to be like, okay, you're a rich person. So Mr. Darcy making 10 is, yeah, basically you are almost to the point of royalty at that point. The constant influx of income separate from your estate. So you have the money coming in through either taxes or through different stocks or businesses or inheritance. That's what they're counting as like your yearly income, whereas like your estate and your land goods aren't included into it. Which is why when Mr. Collins is walking up to Lady Catherine's house, he's like, hey, by the way, just the paint on the outside of this building is worth 20,000 pounds. So, the annual income is just kind of like an indicator of what they'd be bringing in. So, he is 10 times your entry-level rich guy. Just by the by.
1: Can we talk about the sweeping shot when they're doing the dance? Yeah. And they're dancing together to have that conversation, which, um, no way. <clears throat> Another thing. <clears throat> <laughs> you're not hearing that conversation, like, room, like, library whisper while their band's playing, you're facing the wrong way. Anyway, they, they do a sweep shot, and it turns into them doing the same dance. But no one else is in the ballroom. And it's just them.
2: Yeah, I like that.
1: It was like, oh. So for them, they don't see anyone but each other. And it's like, oh, that's so cute. It's also a little terrifying. Everyone just disappears for a couple seconds. So like, <laughs> where'd everyone go? <laughs> and also, Darcy knows the sidewalk rule. He does know the sidewalk rule. When the... He's a, a true gentleman. gentleman. Uh, when they're doing the walk around the room. He's like, hey, let's take a stroll around the room. And it's like, what? where'd that come from? Elizabeth and Mr. Bingley's sister get up. They do a little walk and they're like, come join us. And he's like, only two can be in a parallel. So he knows the sidewalk rule. No more than two people next to each other.
0: Can we talk about the real villain of this movie? Miss Bingley? Bennett? Oh. No, Miss Bingley. Oh, He is all the time just sniping and like doing all that, but she's all like, oh, you don't want to marry these poors, do you? Disgusting. Oh, funny. Elizabeth, come walk with me <laughs> so I can talk down to you. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure yeah. she's I- the reason Bingley actually broke up with Jane. I mean, I'm sure Darcy was part of it, but she was part oh, of it. I- I'm almost. no, certain. Mr. Darcy is
2: correct.
3: Mm-hmm. We're You're rich. You're ma, nothing ma, but ma. Gutter, trash. Did you see the hem of her dress? Six inches of mud. That line, like... (laughs) And again, because the thing is, you can see in the facial expressions, which is why I like the acting in this. It was so good that you could concentrate on their facial expressions. And it just, the subtext was loud and clear. So once she had done the the walk, Miss Bingley was all like, oh my God, she's poor. And she had to walk all the way here. Mr. Darcy was like, oh, she walks she walked all the way up to this house to come in here to talk with this woman who obviously doesn't like her. That shows some character. Mm -hmm. And it like, because his face is all like, oh, you walked. Whereas hers is like, oh. Yeah, that Miss
2: Bingley. She's so understated and yet overstated at the same time. Like Lizzie and Mrs. Bingley. What is her first name? Caroline. And Caroline, they always have like their standoff where they're curtsying to each other and it's all about the subtext in that curtsy you can just feel the animosity between the two of them like when
1: elizabeth leaves the house the first time he mm-hmm. gives a curtsy to her and then walks past and you immediately just like smile once he curtsies and then just frown going past Just like yeah this bitch <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's definitely the the bread and butter of this movie is the subtext of what everyone mm-hmm. is really saying I want to do a comedy of this
1: movie and then in Mr. Darcy's house when she's looking at all the different like art statues and it gets to his bust it like panned down he just like he's just packing <laughs>
0: his dick up. <soap. laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to like take away subtext and just like do like some when the, the maid goes he's quite handsome isn't, isn't he and the character playing would just be staring at it like
0: yeah yeah <laughs> well, there's a lot of
2: shots of butts in that already there were yeah. some butts And I was sort of uncertain, what the primary reason for taking such a long time on Mr. Darcy's sort of art collection, was. that sort of to show show that he's Mm -hmm. just, is it just his wealth or or his appreciation for the arts? Sort of thought there was going to be more about that, but I wasn't positive. Possibly, I think it's just had a lot to do with, wow, this guy's rich.
3: Pretty much. It's also a girl could really clean
0: up marrying this guy.
3: (laughs) One of the central issues that Lizzie has, and she's told repeatedly by her best friend once she marries Mr. Collins and other people is you have to be realistic. You're not getting any younger. You got to go out and grab somebody. It's important that you get somebody who you'll be happy with to just be safe. Like, this is okay. Like, you got to settle. So she sees all these people settling and going into this place where he's so rich. It's also kind of reflecting to her, like, he is so far out of my league at that point, I think, is why they kind of stretch that out. Because she's at that point, she's still in the like maybe I like him, maybe I don't. And then when she goes into the house and sees him with his sister and thinks that he's with a girl that he just proposed to because she's just so giggly and happy to see him. And she runs out. I think that whole scene was just a setup that she is insecure in herself as far as her relationship goes. Like, does he really like me or is he just being coy? You know, or is that just who he is? No, because he already
2: proposed like straight up. Yeah, he did already propose.
3: I I
1: I think it had to do with in the first scene when they meet... He talks about how bleak poetry is, and that he'd rather have a painting. Did and he? then, oh, you're right, he did. Never and, mind. And then uh, she quells that and is like, "I'd rather see someone dance in order to show their affections than to show just a piece of art." But then she goes to his estate and then realizes like how important art really is to him. Assuming he bought all those, and then oh. just to see the vast amount of like they belong. He just a
0: very visual guy because at the very first ball. They're hanging out under the bleachers, and Mister Bingley and Mister Darcy walk by, and Mister Darcy says to Mister Bingley, "You were dancing with the only handsome girl in the room." And Mister Bingley goes, oh, "Sister Elizabeth's pretty agreeable. And said, yeah, perfectly tolerable, I'd say. Not not <laughs> handsome enough to get my attention, though." I was like, Which, "Oh, it's really funny how much everyone is handsome. Like, handsome is a big." <laughs> <laughs> he said the word
1: handsome, and I was like, "Oh." The word handsome usually is like an old English. You thing. don't want to say it to <laughs> yeah. a girl nowadays because, like. Are
0: you well, you're looking at this through a modern lens again
1: now. Yeah.
3: It's gendered in the modern era, but back then handsome just meant looking well easy off well on to the do. eyes. Yeah.
0: Attractive. Yeah. Being handsome is real important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> like you oh, you could self-burn. those are rare. Like you could call people beautiful you people. could call guys beautiful and it wouldn't be gendered at the time. Uh-huh. Like that's why, like I think that beauty was a
1: wasn't a gender
3: neutral term at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So both of them meant different things.
1: Yeah. I want to know why is Elizabeth cool with Lydia being with. Wickham. I was going to say army guy again, Wickham, because like, she knows he's a scummy scum
0: scum, but she just like, you know what? Well, she's not. That's why when she got the letter about it, she's crying. No, Wickham's the scummy scum scum. Yeah. 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 She's in the bar next to Darcy's estate and she gets a letter and she's reading it and crying. She's like, Lydia took off and she's married Mr. Wickham. I'm very upset. And it's because it ruins her reputation, which ruins the reputation of all of the sisters. And I think that the only reason she's okay with it is because Mr. Darcy made it good by paying him to marry her, basically. Mm -hmm. So it ends (laughs) up... (laughs) Also, they never got down, you know, there was no ring on that finger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was. Elizabeth is a strong independent woman. She didn't need no man, except for Mr. Darcy. I
1: don't know, yeah. but Lydia had a fat rig on her finger.
2: Lydia did oh, have a rig.
1: And she would yeah. not let people, like, not see it. She's like, I walked past my friend, and I was in my carriage, and I took my glove off and just let it hang. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, look at this, bitch, you don't have this, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is what it was like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much the sort of attitude of the gentry in old England. What you have and what you have not, and who you're married to. Huh.
3: Well... And part of the thing is the issue with Wickham, like him being a bad guy, is separate from the issue of the shame their family would have if they actually had eloped and ran off. Like, there's a reason why the fact that he almost ran off with Mr. Darcy's sister was a big thing, because that would have ruined a lot of their family clout, because it Looks bad on your reputation. So, the fact that they're getting married, this isn't a time period where you could just, you know, oh, we're just going to get a divorce and blah, blah, blah. The fact is, because he's paid off, Wickham is kind of stuck. He can't just leave her later and do something because that would ruin what little stock he does have. Because as far as most people are concerned, he's still perfectly fine. And all that would be ruined if he just drops her like a bad habit. So, there's not as much concern that he's going to be really bad for her now that he's been paid off. So the family's basically like, well, could be far worse. She could be with someone even worse. And at least now, you know, that's settled. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to embarrass the family anymore because again, your reputation was a huge thing back then and would haunt you and generations down the line. If you messed up something. And don't get me started about how Mrs. Bennett would react. Oh, God. Like, her nerves, you guys. Her, her nerves. nerves.
2: Nerves. That's Why would you do that to her nerves? That's definitely nerves. Uh, my top, fav, top five favorite lines in the movie is Mr. Bennett's line about, I'm well acquainted with your nerves, dear. They've been my They're constant my companion for twenty years. 20 years. That would really you? clues you into their marriage dynamic, and they still make it work, and there, there's still some warmth in there. It's a real quick and efficient way to clue you into how the whole family works. That, okay, that line made me
1: it. question, like, wait, so they've only been married for 20 years, but they have, like, four kids, all, some of them
2: very much past 20? Whoa. Um, thinks that it's perhaps her nerves got started when Jane was born. But it's also mm. very possible that but they've only all, been like married 20, for 20
1: years. 26, 25.
2: Yeah, because Charlotte said, I'm
0: 27, I yeah. need to get married, which I assume Elizabeth I is similar in age. Similar,
2: but i think yeah. elizabeth would be younger
1: i'd say jane's probably that age and then yeah, i'd say jane friends, is probably
2: just... closer to 27 but the youngest mary is like 15 right 16. 16. No, oh not 16 meaning 16 is um mary's Darcy's the youngest sister. mary is the youngest yeah i, I thought think. lydia or kitty was mary really strikes me as the youngest robbie mary mary I, strikes me as sure one of the middle kids m- <laughs>
3: I think Kitty is the youngest and Mary is a middle child that's close in age, just because it's been a long time since I've read it, but I'm pretty sure how they were basically breaking it down was at the end, all the older kids got married. And then you usually list children in order of their age when you're talking about them as the oldest first and the youngest after. The order goes according to Wikipedia, Jane, Elizabeth,
2: then Mary, so I was very wrong, then Kitty and then Lydia is the youngest. Oh. Ah, and she's the
0: one who marries Wickham, right? Yeah, Lydia
1: Wickham is, is
2: weirdly into uh, teenagers, which I guess technically
1: wasn't I, the
0: weirdest thing back I then. at the time. I yeah. But like now, it's just
1: like, ooh, 15, 16?
0: wow. Yeah. It's funny. I have a note that says, "Oh, Mr. Wickham seems nice." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess he was nice, but he's also got some scummy past. Yeah, yep. scummy mm-hmm. practices. In I mean, my at only least, he was job. voting for or rooting for Mary and Mr. Collins. I was like, oh, Mr. Con- Mary, Mr. Yeah, Collins. I, I thought very little of Mary. She's my halfway favorite. through the movie, I was like, is she like a servant or what does she do here? <laughs> I, I, wrote, I wrote a I note. She that doesn't do
2: anything. Yeah, I think that might be also reflected in the book. Mm-hmm. Mary sort of seems like the, the Beth from Little Women. Uh, kind of. She fills in that role. The awesome. one that everyone like kind of likes, but she's the one that'll get sidelined when plot starts happening.
3: Also, I really like that part of the story where they're in the ball and you go panning over to her singing and she's just, she is doing an awful job of both singing off key and playing the piano wrong. And then the dad comes over and goes, honey, why don't you give the other people, you know, let the other ladies have a turn. He closes the piano. And then about a minute and a half later, as the camera's panning around, you see her in the corner and she's crying and the dad comes over. She's like, I've been practicing all week. And he's like, I know, honey, trust me. I know <laughs> because she's been yeah. trying i a put lot of great notes.
0: camera movements through, like, we're going to show what's happening in this part of the room and then move over here and follow someone and see what's happening over here. And then another character is going to come and we're going to follow them for a little bit. All without cuts. A lot of good uh, establishing work that way.
1: I put in my notes, on uh, Mary is me when I try to show my roommate a song I learned. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, too.
3: And then the very next day after this party, this is basically the only thing Mary really does oh, wow. uh, is in this movie that yeah. has focus with her. And she's sitting at the piano the next day when they're all hungover and they're trying to make themselves hangover drinks with milk and raw eggs and bourbon. And she's sitting there trying to play. And Miss Bennett is like, Mary, please, please, Mary, please. <laughs> just, yeah. just stop.
2: So sad. It's great. I thought they were making eggnog for some reason. But I, I thought they were. Were they
3: not?
0: Oh, no. As no. soon as I saw the it's raw egg and there, I was like, hangover cure. Hangover yeah. oh. uh, <laughs> cure
3: is at the time raw eggs and bourbon and some milk. Have yeah. uh, you got themes to talk about? Besides
1: the two themes of pride and prejudice. Yeah. Like <laughs>
3: <crazy>. <laughs> so some of the main focus in the show is based on the interaction between the gentry and the families themselves. And so there's a lot of family dynamics and obligation. So two of the biggest themes I see in here that aren't like the really service ones, obligation and, and fiscal responsibility, because the obligation is there through society of getting married, finding someone good and settling down, but also money is important. Yeah. So what you is really more are important?
0: like supposed to marry rich. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's interesting
0: to see Mr. Wickham kind of play the lady role where he was gendered at the time, where he was kind of low in society. He's like, well, I got to try to marry rich or else I'm going to be just a bum in the streets. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sort of marries up.
3: Exactly. And that's a big pressure is how your levels are marrying. Romantic love really doesn't factor in. Like that's a luxury. Yeah,
0: which is a lot of the characters kind of feel that way. Like Charlotte does. She's like, I'm 27. I need to marry up and be taken care of, which is what was expected at the time. But, yeah, and but the character of Elizabeth is Jane Austen, basically yeah. satirizing and <laughs> 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 poking holes. But even
1: Charlotte, like originally when they are at the dance, she was talking about how, but does Jane really love him? And then the, like two scenes later, she's getting married without love. And it was sort of heartbreaking to see like, because her option was to be with a super rich guy and her other. And without being married to the super rich guy, they still have a decent income.
3: Yeah. Well, one of the things is it's brought up when she has that speech where she's talking with Elizabeth and she's like, Hey, I'm marrying Mr. Collins because he's safe and he will provide for me and I will be fine. And I am 27 years old. So basically she's disavowing love. But earlier on, there was another point when she's dragging Elizabeth along because Elizabeth is taking too long talking with Mr. Darcy, right? And she's like, Mm -hmm. just go get married. We have plenty of time to get to know them after we're married. Because in this time period, you didn't really focus on the romantic side of that love. That would come with time. You would get to know someone because like, oh, well, this is this and that is that. And we'll slowly develop as one or we'll just be cold to each other. But- the fact of like, oh, we truly do dote and love on each other and we're made to be together and also actually being fiscally responsible for your family was very hard to get. Oh, yeah. yeah. Liz That's like really, Mrs. Uh, Bennett's
0: out. full whole character is like, look, mm-hmm. I got to marry these girls off. I got to make sure they're taken care of because as soon as Mr. Bennett dies, the estate's gone. So we got to get you girls hooked up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
0: Match them up. Look, here's a rich guy.
1: Go she get him.
2: Yeah, and she ends up three for five at the end of the movie, so I mean she's pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah, great. she's doing good. <laughs> I'm
1: fortunate for the Bennett's that they had five girls in that time, just based off of like not having a male heir really put pressure on mm. the matchmaker. Yes. It reminded Absolutely. me a lot of Fiddler on the Roof, the matchmaker song. I thought that was the mom the whole time.
3: Matchmaker <laughs> <your> match. <laughs> Well, you also have the issue where you also have to provide for yourself because if Mr. Bennett dies, she has no property. Where is she going to be? She's going to have to live with her children, one of the children. So you definitely want them to marry up enough that they can also support you. That's also part of that fiscal responsibility because not only are you getting older, but you have to provide for your whole family because no one else is going to provide for them unless they can do it themselves or you. So that's also the pressure of having a larger family is that you are expected once you get married to either be completely supported somewhere else or to send support back home because mm-hmm. that was just how that worked out. So the fact that she's roughly late 20s and she's not married yet is actually pretty bad from a just a like retirement perspective I guess for the mom. Like yeah, no none kidding. of your kids are married.
2: Like yeah. uh, like Mr. Bennett, he's 35, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the, the next eight years are going to hit all of them so hard, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that their breakfast every day. It
1: so At 10 in the morning? Day. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, the breakfast that they have, like they pay for a cook, as they had to point out when uh, Mr. Collins was sort of like, so which one am I, a cousin's? Which Which also made me a little weird because – they cousins. Yeah, I wasn't to marry sure them. I was like, if they Yo! were talking about
2: cousins was in a familial t- way, or if they were talking about cousins as in, like, the friend sort of Shakespearean familiar. way of referring to... Yeah, okay, but I, I, mean, I don't think that. it was,
0: like, first cousins. It didn't seem yeah. like... Although... Because Mr. Bennett didn't have a male heir, it had to go to the closest yeah. living male.
3: It was probably their oh, first yeah. cousin. First cousins at the time was very common, especially among the lower gentry, because you had to marry up and Where his there was brother only and sister with was royalty. royalty. Good morrow. Good morrow. <laughs> Alabama go woo. But you had so you have go woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you had them have their cousin come over and it would all go into his name because he's closest male heir. So that wouldn't be like strange to them at all. That would be completely normal. The only issue was that Mr. Collins was just a complete. Yeah. He's
2: ridiculous. Not a catch. He's not a good wingman.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love when they're at the
0: ball and Mr. Collins is laying out the logical reasons why they should get married. (laughs) And and he's and she's like, no, I don't think I want to marry you. And he's like, well, look, Clearly, for all of these logical reasons, you know you're unmarried. I have the estate. Blah blah blah. We should get married. And you're saying no. So clearly, you're just trying to make me want you more. I mean, I just I get it. I get it logically. Let's get married. <laughs> and then she's like, There's <laughs> "That's where he really went. No on. way I could ever love you. Like I cannot ever see this ever ever happening." I put I put yeah. no means no in my notes. Yeah, and I love just
1: the casting for Mister Collins compared to Mister Darcy. Like when he goes and confronts him he is half his size mm-hmm. and okay. <laughs> tiny gentleman <laughs> amazing
2: <laughs> and how like when mr collins is trying to introduce himself to mr darcy he's like <clears throat> <clears throat> mr darcy and mr Darcy has his hand on his hip and he like turns around and almost just bats mr collins yeah. down to the ground that was it was uh, it was a good little bit of brevity did you guys think mr darcy was handsome I think in this movie, this movie really makes him look like the handsomest man in all of England. Uh, see, it, I thought he was pretty meh. I thought Mr. Bingley. Maybe
0: just because he was more affable and, like, charismatic. Yeah. But I was like, I see I see Mr. Bingley. I see you. But Mr. Yeah. Darcy... Maybe because he was just a jerk. I was like, I don't like you, Mr. Darcy. You need to he get out of here. He has a
1: big forehead.
0: And, uh, so, <laughs> like, I, I watched this with my mom because I got home and
1: I was like, hey, I'm here, but I need to watch a movie. Cause I'm doing the podcast with, with the fellas and she was it watching it. And even, and even during love. the scene and like, he may not be like the most attractive man overall, but he is attractive. But then well, I'm what, not saying and, he's hideous, yeah, but, in the, but in the fog <laughs> with his shirt, like he's been so dressed up the whole time. He's his shirt oh. is out. He'd been walking all night just for this occasion. We'd it's, all look
0: hair. good in the
1: fog with our I shirt was like, open. Oh, <laughs> <shit."> but <laughs> my just there, she just ended up like, He's really not that handsome. And I'm just sitting here like, Dang.
3: See you, are Nick's mom. The hell?
1: <laughs> what do I have to look
3: forward to if that's not handsome? <laughs> I also really like how right before Mr. Bingley proposes to Jane and they're walking along and Mrs. Bennett's like, oh, why is he even showing his face? I just don't know, like, all the stuff that she hates him because, you know, she's supporting her daughter. Mm -hmm. And then the second that he's about to show up, it's like, all hands on deck, everybody get ready. we got to get everything prepared. You stand there, you stand there. And then they all leave. And then uh, he comes in, he's like, I'd like to talk with your daughter alone. And she's like, everyone, immediately to the kitchen. Now. (laughs) She grabs him, and pulls him out. And then it pans out to see, like, the girls giggling at the door. And then the mother is above all of them going, shh, quiet down. Like just
1: every guys. time there's anything happening with the Bennett family, yeah. they're all on the door. Even the dad. <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's that's my motif for this movie. Is everyone is creeping on that door? They're trying to get the juicy tea,
0: like she says at the very end. For once in your life, leave me alone. Throughout <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole movie, nobody has any privacy. They're all in everyone's business, which is fine. They're a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like also, the dad always wants peace. Like when yes. Leah ran he's away, supposed to read his newspaper <laughs> and be left alone. <laughs> Let me sit at my table. <laughs> I like that scene that Robbie was talking about, where the shop keeps like, "So did you hear, Mister Bingley's back?" They're like, "Oh, we don't care." It's like, "Well, I can get this roast for the thing." Ah, blah, 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 blah. But he, he's also throwing this ball. All you say, he ordered
3: pork. No, you ordered pork. Pork. <laughs> we need
0: oh, okay. hmm. meat. Ooh, girls, time to get the ribbons, if you That's know what br- I mean. <laughs>
2: On a note about the cinematography, I did say that this movie sort of expects itself to be carried on the dialogue, but certainly there's some great camera work and some good shots in this one as well, Uh, particularly in terms of landscaping. Some of my favorites were when Lizzie is walking to the Bingley estate for the first time and she's just sort of is this wide shot where she's crossing over a small hill and the the distant clouds and I don't know how to describe good shots. I just know them when I see them. I just like them, you know? It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. And uh, there's this other time where we get some really good English countryside when Lizzie's mulling over her feelings about Mr. Darcy while she's staying with her aunt and uncle. Yeah, when she's with her aunt and uncle, there's the time where they stop by that big tree. Yeah, they're
0: Mm -hmm. on the cliff. There's a lot of good stuff there. One
1: one, use of camera techniques that really worked for me was during the scene where Mister Darcy is fumbling over his words and playing with the gloves and not be able to talk to. Oh yeah, and it just and, like zooms it, in on him. And right at the end when he leaves, it zooms in like so it really emphasizes like the speed and when she left, give mm-hmm. a nice little comical effect. Like ah, look at him.
2: There are there. a few like
0: there's a good quick when zooms at the Darcy estate when she first sees him and does that snap zoom and she takes off. That's also a good version of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Or when Mister Bingley is returning to propose to jane and mrs bennett finds out for the first time it just zooms in on her and her face like oh everyone quick places everyone get ready so it's a good shots by the lake but on their property also
0: oh, like pacing trying. crying really sussing things out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him slapping the hat
1: like stupid stupid
3: <laughs> yeah, it was like oh, this, this is a disaster, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that gorgeous shot at the end where Mister Darcy and Elizabeth are holding each other and talking—you know—at the very end of the movie, that was framed so nicely with the lit torches and the dark water. Yeah, it was a beautiful mm-hmm. composition.
1: I thought that shot was really funny at first because Elizabeth was like down on the ground and Darcy was standing up, and I was like, whoa.
0: Whoa! And he ain't got no shoes on? Oh,
2: I know. Hold on. See, I was getting mad uh, into 16 and Candles vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can see ankles and everything. It's scandalous. It was real scandalous. Oh, another favorite shot of mine. Beyond all the ones in all the balls. I loved all those. But uh, when Charlotte comes to tell Elizabeth that she's marrying Mr. Collins, and Elizabeth is spinning around on this short swing, and she hears that Mr. Collins is marrying Charlotte and so she sort of just keeps spinning afterwards and we see the time pass and then we see how she reacts to that news and the reason behind why Charlotte is marrying Mr. Collins because she's not getting any younger, she's being a burden to her parents, she's got to marry up and I think that there's a lot of introspective work done by just showing time passing as Elizabeth stays on the swings and you sort of feel her motivation still stay stalwart that she wants to marry for love but you feel the the pressure that she feels that like oh well yeah i'm also not getting any younger and there's pressure on on all sides to get married and and marry up thought that was a good shot and a good really efficient use of show don't tell
1: that scene gave me a lot of anxiety because i one of the seasons there's like all this hay and then there's <laughs> a guy smoking uh-huh. a pipe and i'm like that is the worst place to be smoking right next to all that
2: Very much flammable
1: hay everywhere.
2: Fellas, I actually have two final questions for you all. The first question is where it differs. This movie presents, in my humble opinion, two fair suitors. I want to know from each of you, are you in Mr. Bingley camp or Mr. Darcy camp? And then uh, would you recommend this movie and under what circumstance? So, I will start just to show you what I mean. I think for me personally, despite Mr. Darcy being framed as certainly the handsomest man in all of England, far as the movie is concerned, I'm, uh, I'm going to be in a Mr. Bingley camp. He's a good looking guy. He's got all the trimmings and trappings. He's got 5,000 a year and though he's not very well silver-tongued, sort of like myself, he's nevertheless still endearing and I would recommend this movie because of all the things that we've said. It's got a good cast, good dialogue, and it keeps the pace up. And in something that I previously thought quite a little boring and sluggish and in a franchise, quote-unquote, that I thought previously sluggish and not so quick given the BBC miniseries, I think that the pace was pretty good and I enjoyed it. Definitely recommend from me.
1: For me... It's Darcy all the way. That guy has way stronger hands and that's all I cared about. And then I would recommend this movie. It's a very enjoyable love story. All the side characters like get like a time to shine in each part. It was paced well. There's like so much drama. Will they? Won't they? All of a sudden, Elizabeth has more feelings than Darcy. All of a sudden, Darcy has more feelings and is like, whoa, what's going on? Will it happen? Who knows? What's up with Collins? He's so weird. I'd recommend it.
0: What about you? I am team Bingley because I think he's just brighter, happier. You would have more laughs. You would have a better time in general being married to this gentleman. Whereas Darcy is so just severe and boring and he's so tortured. You don't got to look at him all the time. Sometimes you got to have a conversation. And I feel like Bingley is way better at that. And you could probably kick his sister out, so that's fine. (laughs) And yeah, I would recommend this movie. I really enjoyed it. It was a great time. It really moved along. It had some great cinematography. Had a great cast. I really enjoyed all the acting. It was spectacular. Elizabeth got jokes. There's some great witty wordplay. I don't know if it was just Netflix or bad mixing. Some of it was a little hard to understand. The levels were a little messed up. Uh, I watched it with subtitles. Yeah.
3: But other than that, yeah, good times. I gotta go with Mr. Bingley as well. Sorry, but just, he's more affable. He's outgoing. (laughs) He, I have more money now. He, he has less money, but again, five times the amount for a normal, for your normal rich guy at the time. So I definitely would be more on that team than, uh, the 10,000 with the cold shoulder. And I would definitely recommend this movie. I really liked the book. I really like this adaptation, the acting cinematography and, the dialogue was great and snappy. It wasn't as dry as I kind of feared it might become. It's uh, in danger of being that. So it's... I mean, the original gets pretty darn dry so i was like as long as they can a lot of of, like like, fast dialogue like
0: there was a lot everyone was talking really quickly and they had their thoughts and they wanted to get them out especially elizabeth to darcy before they were really in love there's a lot of like almost spitting the dialogue at each other which is like that really helps
3: 15
2: minutes yeah
3: yeah i really enjoy the pacing i thought it was very good like you said it was snappy dialogue and carried along well and it could easily have gotten bogged down but it
0: didn't So that was our discussion of Pride and Prejudice. Next week is Robbie's Pick. Robbie, what are we watching next week?
3: Next week, we're going to be watching 1922, a Stephen King adaptation on Netflix.
0: Oh, that sounds like a Robbie movie. Mm -hmm. Stephen of the King. So please feel free to listen along with us next week. Follow us on all the social medias. We are Four Film Fellas on Facebook and Instagram. That's Four Film Fellas, F-O-U-R Film Fellas. Please give us a good review on your podcast listening device. Thank you for listening. Thank you for always joining us. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>